Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and normalizing adults owning way too many stuffed animals. Hmm. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. And uh, gosh, besides having questions about all these adult stuffed animals, um, plumbing is a gift from above to remind us of the joys of caring, like caring about our children or caring about not someday dying. That's real deep, Kendall. Yeah, thank you. All about stuffed animals. They're not adult plush. Anyway, let's 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 focus. Uh, today on the show, we're talking with Dee Marai, head of growth at Vanna.com. Thank you for joining us today, Dee. Thanks Hi, for Dee. having me. Hi. Uh, it's good to have you here. And as always, we will kick this off with the first question and dive right in. Tell us about your path to leadership, to management, to where you are now. How did it start and what happened along the way? Oh, strip yourself in. All right. So this starts when I'm 16. And like any 16-year-old, I decide I hate school. I do not want to be in school. I'm leaving. Um, unlike most 16-year-olds, my parents were like, oh, that's fine. That's normal. Go ahead. <gasps> so I did. <laughs> I, I still question my father sometimes. Like, Why did you let me do that? And he goes, well, it didn't seem like anything was going to stop you. you. You, maybe? You're my dad? Um so I dropped out of school at 16 and, you know, there's not a lot of job opportunities for a 16-year-old. It's not like I could just walk into an office and go, hey, hire me. Um, I want to make a lot of money and pay for rent. So I started working at this, in hindsight, kind of dodgy um, bar, which is legal here. As long as I didn't directly touch the alcohol, I'm not sure how that loophole worked, but I could serve people anything except alcohol. Um, uh-huh. So I was working at this bar. Wait, 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 and- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I Sorry. told you we would start interrupting you immediately. <laughs> touch- wait, wait, wait. You could serve things, but not alcohol. So like you could serve a soda, but you're in a bar, so nobody's ordering soda. And when right. you didn't directly touch the alcohol, you mean like if it's in the glass, there's a loophole and so, you can serve yeah, that? Yeah, or what's that mean? Yeah, I could work with it if it was on a tray but I couldn't be like holding a glass and walking around. So I could to be, load to be clear, five margaritas on a tree and serve you're, it. You, you, start, you were in Singapore then too? I was, or yes. This, okay, all right, cool. Just to make sure everyone is aware, <laughs> D, is, <laughs> D is in Singapore and this, this was occurring in Singapore. Okay, cool. Yes. And all right. So you start working at this bar. Yeah. Yes, so I started working at a bar. Um, and I was one of the very few people who committed to a lot of shifts because, you know, what else was I supposed to do with my life? Um, it was a kind of bar that was mostly, you know, filled with damn stuff, uni students, um, nurse part-timers. So I guess it's just by default of me working so much, they just promoted me. Um, they yeah, figured, that oh, is yeah. generally how this works. <laughs> yeah, you, you're here most of the time, so and we need a manager, so you, you might as well, I guess. Um, and I ended up managing people as a 16 year old, even though I had no idea what a manager was supposed to do. And they were like, all right, you have to create shifts for these people. And I go, what the hell is a shift and how do I create it? Um, it was, it was a learning experience there. I don't think people were used to or enjoyed being bossed around by a 16 year old, um, who could hire or fire them. (laughs) And well, completely fair. I wouldn't be 
very thrilled about that either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that go? Did you have any, uh, uh, any like, were you able to discipline people who needed to be disciplined? Like, how did this work? Uh, well, I would have those conversations with people about how, um, you know, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. So not even disciplining, just telling them what to do. And then I go in the back and cry. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't really good at confrontation, and I didn't know how to tell people <laughs> what to do. So I'd work up all my courage, um, say everything I needed to say in one breath, rapid fire. I don't even think they understood me, and then I'll run away. That was that was my, my MO for the, like, That's an authority figure. And oh, yeah. Tell me this is still how you lead today, right? Like, that's going to be... That's not who you ask, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so keep going so you're waiting tables now you're managing or you're you're working in a bar now you're managing in the bar and yep. uh where do you go next is it did you do that till you were 20 or what was what was kind of kind of um i did that till i was about 19 and i know three three years isn't that long in the context of you know um in service but it was long enough for me to decide my feet hurt, my knees hurt, I'm tired of working 17 hours a day. I would sleep on the couch at the restaurant um, because I had to open at 5 or 6 in the morning and my shift ended at 2. So that was, I was burnt out, I was exhausted. Uh, I, I loved my work yeah. and to this day I still think it's my favorite job, just being in service. Like honestly, um, Talking to people, you speak to you know hundreds of customers who are coming in who just want to have a good time, and all the chaos that comes with working in a kitchen or working um, in service, it's amazing. Not you don't mm -hmm. really quite get the same adrenaline from a desk job, honestly. What? You're not, you know, running around and well, you get adrenaline, but it's not four hundred <laughs> tickets and a lady is screaming at you because she didn't get her discount on the margarita deal. You know that kind well, of clearly, thing. Clearly, you know, haven't been working at the right companies, I guess. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta get a treadmill for your desk, and that'll solve all of the problems. So I uh, think I think three years is a lot of you. You learned a lot, I expect, in service. Mm -hmm. Like you saw a great many different situations unfold and. Uh, what what do you think the biggest lesson you learned during that time was about people in general, how to deal with people? They're usually nice. There's there's some people, there's always the odd you know, creep and people who generally just are here to shit on everyone else, um, bad intentions. Mm -hmm. Those people you want to get away from, throw them out, bend them. You don't mess around with them. But... 99% of the people who came to the bar who I worked with, even the people that I didn't think I would get along with or that I liked, because, again, I'm 16 and I was kind of dumb. Um, they were great. Like, they, they were honestly great. I think the one of the bigger things that I learned was just how to talk to someone without, you know, before that, I'd always been in school. You're sort of forced to make friendships. Um, mm -hmm. And even as a kid, you know, your parents put you together with this other child and go, now be friends and play together. And you don't get that as an adult. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm supposed to make friends as an adult. And you just go up to <laughs> someone and say, hey, do you want to be that my friend? That should be a service. I, I, like, it should be. <laughs> you are going to be friends. Yeah. Let's, let's just pair you up. I doesn't have to be dating, yeah, just be friends. Great. Just like matchmaking for my friends, right? I just want it's someone like, to yeah. tell me 
you're compatible with this person, go on a play date together, you know, hang out. Um, awesome. But yeah, I didn't know how to do that. So I, I had really bad social anxiety um, and it made it, I don't want to say easier, but it did teach me some coping mechanisms. Um, I learned a lot of scripts, as you do when you work in customer service, how to deal with an angry person, how to say hi to somebody you've never met before, how to talk mm -hmm. to someone who's really intimidating, which I'm now applying with you guys. <laughs> wow. If any, yeah, anyone has met us knows that neither of us are especially intimidating. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I do agree that like you, you got practice in running these scripts, right? And in seeing how they went in different directions. And I bet that taught you a great deal. And so three years in, you decided to change. And what did you do then? I went and got an internship um, while still working at a restaurant, not the same one that I joined when I was 16, but um, I went to work at a restaurant and they were they were fine with me working night shifts. So I would basically be off call from nine to five. I'd come in at seven and work till 10-ish. And I needed to do that because this internship only paid me $500 a month. Um, which for the average intern in Singapore, you know, you're mostly a university student living with mm -hmm. your parents. So $500 a month is fine. Uh, for me at that point, I'd moved out. So mm -hmm. it wasn't fine <laughs> anymore. Um, they offered me $500 and I went, how am I supposed to pay rent? Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's a problem with a lot of internships, right? Is yes, like unpaid yes. and so only people with a certain amount of privilege get have have even a chance of making that work. Gosh, I yeah. I have so many emotions around unpaid internships. It's absurd. It it's almost an expectation okay. here. It's it shouldn't be, and yet you know I think companies and people get addicted to that cheap labor. I've seen entire companies just filled with an intern workforce. So you'll have like three full timers, and then thirty interns mm -hmm. all doing stuff that you should either pay them more for or just hire someone like honestly you yeah, cannot yeah. be saving that much money and you and the interns are yeah. probably not learning very much either that's the other thing like small companies shouldn't have intern programs if they're not able to provide the structure that's needed the right. the, the intern is supposed to learn something useful right not just i should never take another in, unpaid internship <laughs> again but something useful in the career path that they're interested in. So yeah, I got you. I, that, that's, that's really bad. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but did you learn well, something good there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what, what were you learning there? Like, like you, you said it was an internship at another restaurant. What, what kinds of, I mean, are you there learning to serve again, <laughs> even though you've already done it and run thing? What, what were you doing? So it, it wasn't a restaurant. It was a SaaS company that worked with restaurants. Um, so they gotcha. were a catering company and there was sort of like a marketplace that connected, you know, um, on one hand, a bunch of people and officers and whoever wants food. And on the other, they dealt directly with caterers and restaurants. So to me, it was sort of a best of both worlds kind of thing. I was learning, you know, how to do something that wasn't serving or making drinks. Um, but also, I still got to talk to that whole restaurant side because I knew how restaurants work. I knew how bars work. Um, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking about their margins. They're thinking, all right, if I sell this $800 you know, order today, how does that affect my employees? How does that affect the su my supply? Um, sure. And this was a marketing internship. So it definitely isn't – it wasn't the best 
um, internship program, not the typical kind where right now what I do with my interns is, you know, they have a mentor, they have an assigned buddy, it's a very structured process to make sure they learn something and they work on things that's important. Um, yeah, not, none of that with <laughs> this place. I was sort of thrown into a role and they went, here's your KPI, go hit it. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's a KPI? <laughs> What's a KPI, first of all? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Right, but, right. But it was fun. It was fun. Um, I learned a lot. And I think in I was an intern for three months, I believe. Um, so they basically put me in charge of their entire email marketing, which in hindsight seems kind of dangerous. So why were you letting a 19-year-old email all 17,000 of your customers? That's um, a lot of trust. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, they, uh, they may or may not have uh, had a good plan there, but it seemed to have worked out. It, it did. Um, and after that, I started actually going to offices. I started doing sales for them, like direct sales, and be like, hey, um, you're in office. You have employees. You need food for employees. We can give you food for employees, that kind of thing, which also mm -hmm. had the dual benefit of introducing me to how other offices looked like and worked because I'd only worked in startups and here I am walking into this trading company um, that has an office bigger than actually any room I've ever seen in my life and then going oh we have a private chef for our employees between 12 to 2 um, what you have a private <laughs> chef <laughs> so that, that was new for me mm-hmm that must have been. So, did you go work change. for the company with the private chef? Yeah, I mean, where? So, so keep going. What's what's <laughs> after you take an internship? What's next? I did not go work for the company, the private chefs. Unfortunately, that is still a dream of mine. Um, no, they after the internship, they offered me a full time role, which was fantastic, and I stayed there for a little while longer, a um, couple months or so before they lost funding and uh, basically had to lay off you know, the entire marketing team. But this, this is a great coincidence for me. Um, I talk about this all the time. I found out that they were going to lay me off two days before they actually did. I don't know how to explain it. So it was just sort of like a gut feeling. Um, Something mm -hmm. bad was happening. Like you know, you know what's up, right? They they've been mm -hmm. talking yeah. about you know due diligence and investors for the last two weeks, and then suddenly nothing. You're like, hmm. So I went on AngelList and I switched my profile to looking open to offers, um, open conversations that I was actively looking for a job. Two days later, I think I think this was a a Tuesday. So. On Wednesday, I went into work. On Wednesday morning, I received a message on AngelList being from a company asking, hey, we're looking for an inbound marketer. Um, would you be open to interviewing? And I replied, yes. Walked into work and then got laid off. Yeah. Um, at lunch, I walked out for lunch. I received a reply from the recruiter and she goes, great. Can you talk to us um, you know, in two days? What about on Friday? So we go through an interview process while I'm serving my notice at this um, caring company. And the day, the, my last day um, at this company, this caring company, was actually the day of my 
first round, so sorry, my second round with the CMO of the new company at the time. So I'm, I'm, I got really lucky that they messaged me at that day. I mm-hmm. don't know, like maybe if I hadn't checked my email, if I hadn't, you know, switched my profile to looking. I don't know what guardian angel I have watching over me, but that was really, really lucky. Um, <laughs> And by this point, you had you had quit your job that was actually serving drinks, right? Because yes. you had a full time yes. role at this previous company until they yep. laid you off. Yep. So Once you were at least like sleeping me. the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still went back every now and then, um, just to you know, you when you work at with the same people for so long and hung out in the same you know work environment, working in service, it's I've never formed a sort of a bond with my coworkers like that. Uh, obviously, I'm friends with my coworkers now. I was friends with, you know, my coworkers at my previous company. But working in service, you know, when you're going through 17 hours of straight hell with someone, mm-hmm. you you don't just become friends with that person. Like, I can look at these guys and know what they're thinking. They're thinking, shit, 20 people just walked in 10 minutes before closing. Um, it's, <laughs> Damn you it! Get stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is this is ringing very like Anthony Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential <laughs> to me. Like, and I I've just been watching that show, but I mostly I'm thinking of the the Kitchen Confidential subreddit. I don't know if you read mm-hmm. Reddit, but there's a lot of tales like that where this job is terrible, but I love my coworkers. I feel yeah. supported. I feel part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's very compelling, and also, no, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like standing on your feet, being in the dish pit all day. No, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's sort of what makes, builds that bond, right? Going through that physical um, pain almost. Like you get cut mm-hmm. together, you're standing for hours in a really hot, sweaty kitchen, you're running around from place to place. Nobody appreciates what you're doing. <laughs> Everybody hates you, everyone complains about you. It's always your yeah. fault. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I taught you a lot about how it is in tech as well later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I'm also in marketing, so I'm very used to everybody hates me and blames me for everything going wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm in marketing too. I know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's somehow it's always my fault if product doesn't ship or if sales doesn't sell. Like, I don't know how much power you guys think I have, but this isn't it. <laughs> The, well, so so talk about that. So so okay. So you land at this new company. This is how do you say it? Cialfo. Yes. Cialfo. Cialfo. Okay, I I have your LinkedIn up. I'm not just guessing. <laughs> out of thin air. Um, and and you go in, you know, handling marketing, and you kind of grow in that organization. It looks like as the organization grew. Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about what that like. What what was the growth like, and and what did that look like? And is, it looks like you you you're in there, and the organization's a lot bigger than when you got there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Selfa was the company that reached out to me very serendipitously um, on the last day. They when I joined, so, so I I've been through with Selfa for uh, I want to say three phases of that company's life. Um, when I joined, it was sort of a hybrid model. It was a consultancy company with a internal SaaS platform that they built themselves. Um, and they built this platform to sort of like serve their own internal needs. They were a consultancy. They worked with students. And I don't know how much either of you guys know about like 
independent consultants, but they essentially work with students to help kids get into college. So they built this whole tool around, they had, oh gosh, um, eight, eight to ten consultants, and they built this tool to help these consultants work with their kids. Each a single consultant could be working with sometimes as little as three, sometimes up to ten kids at any point of time. So that's a lot of, you know, essays and deadlines and people to keep track of. They built this tool, and when I joined, I was sort of working with both the consultancy side, but they're also flashing out the SAS bit, wondering if anybody will want to buy this tool that they built for themselves. Um, later on that year, this was in 2017, later on that year, they ended up selling the consultancy to an American, um, also a consultancy, and became only a SaaS company. So they wanted to pivot, they focused entirely on the SaaS because that would scale better and would help reach a lot more people. Um, and that's where the money is, is, is in the sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. don't make money unless you're making Z, you're not making money from consulting, right? Um, so that was sort of a, I don't want to say a shock, but it was definitely not what I'd come on to do because I this happened like four, maybe five months after I joined the company. So when I joined, there were 30 people in this company, maybe 40-ish, um, not a lot of people, but still enough where it felt busy, it was happy, right? Another cell, the consultancy, which had 90% of the employees in it, and we became eight people in one room at the end of the office. The consultancy took up like 90% of the office, and we were just in a closet, basically. Um, <laughs> all eight of us shoved yep. in together, very close to each other. And yep. it was... Uh, I want to say almost enlightening. I hadn't ever worked in an environment like that where, you know, you have like four engineers right there. In previous company, the engineers were all offshore. The product team was all offshore. So now here's a actual live product team. Um, here's a product designer doing, I, I don't I actually know what he did, design stuff, I guess. Uh, and I got to talk to them, and we were doing stand-ups. What the hell's a stand-up? We were doing you know, scrums. What's that? What's a retro? I don't understand. And it was great. <laughs> big, big learning experience is your yeah. point there. And 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 I mean, you stuck around and had growth in your role. I mean, what did what did it look like? Did you end up leading a team of people? Were you just given more and more responsibility? What did it look like as that as that uh, advanced? Well, the growth sort of came about because um, I was originally hired as, you know, inbound marketing. And after the the pivot, I wasn't comfortable being called a inbound marketer anymore. I wasn't even entirely sure if what I did could be described as marketing because it definitely wasn't marketing as I'd done it before or that I understood it to be at the time. Um, I saw marketing at the time as a very, I guess, from a very through a very narrow lens, if you were a marketer, you did email marketing, you did advertising, you know, you did all of these traditional things that everybody thought of. But I wasn't doing any of that. Um, not early on at Cellfo, I was in WhatsApp groups with clients. Um, I was writing copy for the product. I was writing release notes. I was creating Facebook groups for to build like some of these communities for our clients. Mm -hmm. None of that fell into what I thought marketing was, so my title then changed to growth. Now, in hindsight, 
I think I was marketing, but I was also doing growth. I don't know. Honestly, it's- I mean, everything's marketing. Marketing is the only thing that is <laughs> that touches every single mm-hmm. parts of our lives. I mean, from the names we call each other to, you know, that's all, it's all marketing. I, I'm increasingly convinced that marketing runs the entire world. Um, it's a, this but, is a transformation uh, I see tech founders in particular go through all the time. They're like, marketing sucks. Anyone who's been an engineer thinks that marketing doesn't do anything useful. And then eventually, if they get to be experienced enough or start their own company in particular, they find out, oh, actually, marketing is everything. Marketing is the thing you actually might need more than a working product, at least to start with. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I do think growth is, uh, if the kind of growth you're talking about is uh, expanding your customer base, base, uh, having your customers talk to each other, talk to other potential customers, that's definitely marketing, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of places put yeah. that kind of community building directly under marketing for sure. Evangelism, all that stuff, customer success. I think one one thing I realized was that some people are PRs about titles and names and industries. They go, Oh, if you're in marketing, you must be doing this. Or if you're in growth, I remember the phase where everybody was a growth hacker and they're like, Well, to be a real growth hacker you're doing X, Y, Z. Now, ignoring the fact that there's any that anybody has any kind of agreement on what a growth hacker is, what do you mean by real? Mm-hmm. What is a real yeah. marketer or a real growth hacker? If you didn't do that, were you somehow a unreal growth hacker? Fake it, it was a very yeah. odd. <laughs> it was a very odd kind of gatekeeping. I don't know. Definitely. I mean, it's not a. It's my opinion that it is not a real discipline until there is gatekeeping. If there isn't <laughs> gatekeeping going on, then it's not a true discipline. There if have the to be people with very. The <laughs> there have to be people with very strong opinions that are actually all bullshit, or the uh, the idea doesn't actually exist. Okay. Um, okay. So let's let's dial this back into the. <laughs> The focus of this podcast, which is uh, at this point, you're you're working at this company. Uh, your kind of world got scoped way down to this like room with eight people in it, mm-hmm. and you learned a bunch of things. Uh, were you were you leading a group at that point, or did you uh, did you find that you know did you have to go somewhere else to get to a, a leadership role? Not at that point. I did end up sort of semi ish leading a group towards the end of my tenure in Cialfo. Um, at Cialfo for most of the company's life or for most of my time there, I was the only marketer. Well, I think for three years actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. for three years I was the only marketer at Cialfo. Um, they invested in other, what seems like every other department before they added on a new marketer. Um, so around a couple, a couple of years ago, I believe, they decided to finally start hiring marketers, which was fantastic. Um, I managed a couple directly, but and that was sort of my first, you know, attempt at management that wasn't in a bar. Where I, th- I think it was mm-hmm. really different. I thought I would know what to do, but as it turns out, running a bunch of cranky, you know, part timers at a bar is very different from managing people at a tech company who have expectations and who want to do things like performance reviews and you know, 360s. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, 
so how did that go? Uh, I'm pretty sure I was really bad at it. I'm amazed that anybody actually stuck with me through the first. Uh, actually, even till now, I'm amazed any of them liked me at all. Um, <laughs> well, it was very much learn? a learn as you go. Really, yeah, I yeah. had manager training, um, and there wasn't like formal support for people who are now leading teams. Not at the time. There is now itself, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I was just sort of fumbling around trying to work out, okay, this person wants me to give feedback on their performance, but then they also get mad when I do. How, what am I doing wrong? You know, conversations like Mm -hmm. that where you don't really, you can't really Google it. Um, That's how I end up on the red slack. And that's how I end Ah. up just sort of copying people like, okay, this person tried this on the Slack. I'm going to try that. It will usually go disastrously for me. But, you know, then I could pinpoint why was it different um, and then alter it to my own personality. I don't have the very typical management personality. I'm not what most of my reports expected from a manager. Mm-hmm. One thing that I sort of took away um, that was true when I was managing at a restaurant was I'm much younger than most of the people that I manage. And it's the same here as it was then. Some people are not happy about being managed by someone who's younger because they see being a manager as, you know, sort of the pinnacle of career growth. For me to succeed, I must be a manager. And I'm like, well, do you actually want to be? Because this sucks. Like, (laughs) It's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some cultural things there too. Like, like Singapore has a very hierarchical, just way of thinking culturally. Yeah. That's 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 got to be significant in that as well, right? I mean, people yeah. view a hierarchy as part of it, and so you being the manager, you're in a position of direct power, not just authority, uh, yes. in a very real way, right? Yeah. Yep. And sorry, keep going. You were still saying more about that, but. Well, you you basically got it um, in Singapore, and I want to say um, most Asian cultures really. You have two types of hierarchy. One is the workplace sort of authority, where it's expected that in order for you to progress in your career, you must have been at that company for a really long time. Um, in some government institutions, like in the government, in Singapore government, it's known that if you want to get promoted, you have to be there for five years or 10 years. If you want to be a director, be there for 15 years. So your progress is directly related to how long you've sort of survived this environment. Um, yeah. And then there's the second, which is very you know, respect your elders. Anybody older than you is assumed to immediately be in a position of authority over you, which I... I hate the whole, I must automatically respect my elders just because they're old. Well, yeah, but you're 70 and racist. So no, I'm not going to listen to everything you say. But sometimes, (laughs) you know, sometimes you get people who come, who come in expecting, they have these predefined concepts of what an authority figure looks like. And I don't match that. I'm younger than what they think I should be. Um, I'm female. They usually expect like an old dude who's their supervisor. I curse yeah. a lot. Um, and I never went to college. You know, I, ne- I never went back to school after I was 16, which really offends some people for some reason. 
Like, there is almost well, there's... Like, an attack on them. <laughs> Well, there's a respect for those things and and following some of the societal norms that you're breaking that are that are stronger there. I I I had a boss many years ago who was very high up in the Singaporean military before mm. he was my boss and when I told him I thought he was bad at his job and needed to leave, uh he was I mean, I didn't say it like that, but <laughs> are I was you very sure? Direct. <laughs> I mean, you are Kendall. He was not, he didn't, he, he actually never responded to me. And I asked a couple of his reports, like, was I over the top? And there, they all said, thank you so much for saying this. Please do not retract what you said. And I saw him like two years later and uh, asked how he was. And he was like, I'm still very hurt by what you said, but he did step down, uh, which, which I appreciated. Wow. But anyways, well, so, so D you've had this kind of crazy career from, you know, leaving the house at 16, working in restaurants to, uh, leadership positions, growth through startups. You know, now you're ahead of growth at this other organization. Where where do you want to go? Like, where do you see yourself in an ideal situation twenty years from now? Do you want to be in a similar situation? Do you want to be running your own uh, bar? Like, what what actually excites you? Like, the reason I ask this is when you when your goal if your goal was to be head of growth someday and you set out at the beginning of your career like someday i'm going to be head of growth and when you're 60 <laughs> years old you achieve head of growth and like you've sought this thing you've arrived at this thing and you've finally accomplished it well that's not exactly what happened to you 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 know you arrived in these leadership positions at a relatively young age um and so you sort of risen through the ranks and see what there is to see and what excites you now? Because yeah. you've kind of been to the top. Five years keep later, going? boom, what's... mission accomplished. Let's over. Yeah, Time what's... to retire. Is that <laughs> where you're next? headed? It does kind of feel that way, right? Like I keep, well, I was thinking, I remember thinking, and actually never thinking, I found a notebook that I, you know, that I owned when I was um, 21, when I just got in that, you know, when I was working that internship. And I had written down my three and five year goals in there. Um, my three or five year goals are very conservative, very cute. Um, get a dog, go on walks, you know, <laughs> do an online course on edX. And then I had a list that said someday, and on it it said run my own growth organization um, for 10 plus years out. And now, I mean, I found that I was like, well, crap. I've completely failed at the three year ones, which was go to therapy you know, clean your house. But I've managed that someday when, somehow. Did you get a dog? I didn't, I have not gotten a dog yet. Well, no, there's something I to know. focus on. I know, this is a tragedy. I've been you waiting one for- one job, D. I know, I've been waiting for the military dog adoptions to um, drive, to run. I've been wanting to adopt like a retired bomb dog or something. Oh, That'd be so nice. cute. And he's, he comes trained. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That'd be really there you go. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah. I, what are you going to do? I don't know. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I think I want to travel a lot more. You know, just sort of do... You don't want to be in Singapore. You I don't want to be in Singapore. I was like, wow. Suddenly, enough, I don't want to be in Singapore anymore. Yeah. 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 Like, wow. okay. <laughs> Singapore anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always wanted to try out the whole you know, digital nomad thing. And I was considering doing it you know, last year. Clearly, it did not happen. Um, but why not? What stopped you, D? I'm sorry. That's. I feel like <sighs> well, I need to make jokes because we're all dying inside. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that makes sense. Um, well, it's a small island to be on. Have you been on? Have you been in Singapore your whole life? 
I have it. Well, sort of. So I was born here. Uh, my mom is from Thailand. So mm-hmm. we sort of went back and forth when I was a kid, sort of visiting my family in Thailand and coming back to Singapore. But for most of my life, yeah, in Singapore, I grew up here, went to school here, dropped out of school here. Um, I went on vacation a couple of years ago in 2019 where I went on a road trip across, um, well, it was a very short road trip from LA to Death Valley and then mm-hmm. I think Vegas. Um, yep. I've got in my head that I really want to recreate that road trip except I want to go across all of America now. I'm not sure how that's going to work with a full-time job and a dog and all that, but I'll figure it out. So mm-hmm. that might be my five-year goal, you know, just be a hobo um, in a van and a laptop <laughs> driving van from country life. to country. I mean, a, a co-worker of mine just drove from the East Coast all the way to LA and back over See, about that's, that's uh, what two I and a half do. weeks. So two, two and a half and, months, and weeks? Two and a half weeks. Two oh, and wow. It was a pretty fast, that's a fast trip. Uh, yeah, that's too fast. Yeah. yeah. Too fast. And stopped and worked part of it, but... Uh, Okay. Yeah, I think I, that's right. I I'll take my own sweet time doing wrong. it. Like maybe spend four months on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds pretty good. It's 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 doable in digital nomad world. Well, so so talk. So let me let me ask another question here. So you've been leader in restaurants now. You know, leader in tech. Um, what are the things that you you talked a little bit about what translated? Anything that really didn't translate that like you thought would be the same kind of thing but just does not apply or um performance reviews. I mean, mm. you don't really have performance reviews in restaurants, but you have that kind of conversation about, you know, how you're doing. I need you to do this more or I need you to do this less. Um People who work in restaurants are very thick-skinned. So you can literally insult everything about them and they'll just be, all right, sure. <laughs> Not that I insulted them. Uh, I was going to ask. Giving them performance you, yeah. reviews, but you Did can. this translate well or not? <laughs> it did not. A <laughs> whole new style of leadership, yes. Yeah, I had to be a lot more careful um, about my work. And I think part of it is, you know, you hold, for knowledge work, you sort of, hold it a lot more personally to you like this it feels more of an extension of who you are so when somebody criticizes your performance you can sometimes interpret that as a criticism on yourself whereas when you work at a restaurant yeah. where you're so you know you're serving tables and cleaning silverware that's not who you are so if somebody tells you i need you to clean more silverware you're like all right sure i don't really mm-hmm. care this is not you know i'm not personally involved in this in any way um, so okay. I, I, I really had to adapt to being, I guess, less blunt. Um, more diplomatic. <laughs> yes, much more diplomatic, much more polite. Uh-huh. Interesting. I see. Interesting. All it right. did sometimes yeah. frustrate me because I felt that we were going around in circles to reach the same conclusion. Um, yeah. But, mm. you know, I don't want to be an asshole. So whatever you makes me comfortable. You don't want to be an asshole. Oh, okay. So, like, so, yeah, yeah, I have a question here. So... You're saying working in a restaurant, telling people how to do their jobs in a restaurant, it, there's no time to be delicate about these things. Just fucking do it, right? Just get right. your job done. And then in this world, you're required to be more diplomatic, to be more sensitive to the you know feelings of other people when you're delivering feedback. But yeah. you said something that made me wonder, you're frustrated though when people don't give you direct feedback. Is that what you were meaning just then? 
Yeah. You're accustomed to, you don't want, you want to have people tiptoe around and not tell you when something's not going right. Yep. Cause and that's something that you learned in, in the restaurant world. It's just like, I'd rather just get this over with. Let's get this done kind of feeling. Or is there something else definitely. going on there? It's, it's definitely that. Like, I don't, I don't, for me personally, I don't see any value in somebody who's trying to give me feedback, but trying to be all delicate about my feelings and, oh, I don't want you to interpret it the wrong way. Like, just, just fucking tell me. It's like ripping off a bandaid. Just do it mm-hmm. and we're done, right? Preferably do it over message so then I can cry in the comfort of my home. But <laughs> 100%, yes. <laughs> don't do it don't... to me live. I agree. Um, I agree. But I think other pe- a lot of people feel differently about that, but I'm totally with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do it over I, chat. It's a conversation I've had to have with all of my managers. Um, that if you want to give me feedback, first of all, do it written. Because if you do it verbally, I will most likely also forget. Uh, and mm. second, you know, just yeah, yeah. do it blunt, do it quick in as few words as possible. It's going to sound like you're a massive dick, but I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you want the details. Yeah, yeah I, I want you to just, if I am underperforming, just tell me, hey, you're underperforming. If I'm being an asshole, come up to me and tell me I'm being an asshole. Don't try to find, you know, polite synonyms, right? Don't be asked, hey, did you mean to do that? Because you came off kind of rude. No, just tell me I was being an asshole. Because that was, that's helpful. That helps me course correct immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- I'm stuck on whether it's asshole or dick, but uh, um, okay. So both, the both is good. Yeah, that's right. Well, if I'm looking for polite uh, mm-hmm. synonyms, um, the question we ask everybody on this podcast is: Tell us about your relationship with authority. I mean, how do you think about having authority over others, especially as a person who's younger than most of the people around you that you're, you know, are reporting to you? And and how do you feel when other people have authority over you? Well, the little dictator in me is thrilled about me having authority over others uh, no it's, <laughs> it's stressful right because i'm never i'm never sh- quite sure if i'm doing the best for this person um and i second guess myself a lot like i try to give the kind of i i don't really see authority as me telling people what to do there's a component of that but i don't think that's my job I think my job is helping them figure out what they need to do. When I have to have performance conversations with people who are underperforming or I have to tell them, you know, this wasn't good enough, my first thought is always, did I fuck up? Mm-hmm. Did I, you know, not give them the right instructions? Did I not give them enough performance reviews? Did they screw up because you know I didn't give them enough guidance or mentorship um, so I'm, I'm constantly second-guessing myself second-guessing my conversations was I clear enough was I you know, direct enough did I elaborate did it, do they understand how serious this is it's awful <laughs> I get anxiety yeah. over it um, oh, I, yeah definitely definitely it's not all bad right this is a good stuff like how um, yesterday, one of my reports came back to me and he, he'd been given a project that neither of us expected him to be able to accomplish. He just knocked it out of the park, like way overperformed. Um, and we were both freaking out. Like, how did you do this? And he goes, I don't know. And he asked me like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? And I go, I don't know. We, neither of us expected this to get 
that far. <laughs> Get a glass of champagne. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's a great part when somebody succeeds. And even if it's not because of you, even if you split a really, really small role, them succeeding, them moving on to something bigger and better and hopefully bigger than you are, you know, um, that's great. I love that. I mm-hmm. love seeing my past reports sort of go on to great things. Um, when I was leaving Seattle, I had two of my reports leave a couple of weeks before I did. Uh, and one of them wrote me a really sweet thank you note for, mm-hmm. you know, my management. And interestingly, he also said I was really scared of you at first, but you're actually just, you know, really nice, but scary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Still scary, but also nice. Still okay. scary, but also nice. Uh, and then printed a t-shirt yep. with my face on it. It was great. Wow. I know. I wish I had a t-shirt to show you guys. Um, Huh? It had my face gigantic, and then his name and his face, like as emojis, just scattered <laughs> around the T-shirt. I don't. <laughs> That's hilarious. That sounds amazing. So, <laughs> little moments like that. I I love but that. Yeah, um, no, it's yeah, a I good feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And I think oh, it's. Good. I don't. I mean, I don't want you to feel anxious about these things, but I think it is important. And I do think there is always a certain amount of responsibility on the mm-hmm. on the manager's side when someone is, you know, when you're having to to let them know that they aren't doing something well. You definitely should be like making sure, you know, you should have your process in place so you can be sure. But right. to make sure, is there something that I failed to do here? Uh, did I not support this person enough? Did I not give them enough runway? Did I not, you know, yeah. give them enough instruction? Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you have that mindset. Although you know, taking it all the way to being anxious all the time is not. <laughs> Maybe it's not, not recommended. <laughs> it takes a little practice to kind of yeah, get past yeah. that. Right. To know, okay, I did all the things. I had my one-on-ones. I made it clear this was going on. We had discussion. I asked what they needed. All those things. Mm-hmm. You get a little more like, okay, I did what I could. You know, <laughs> get yep. to the point. And you know what? But I'd rather have this sort of anxiety than be like some of these managers that I know who don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never second guess themselves. They never wonder, are they being the best manager they can? Are they being the best leader they can be? I'm more afraid of being that, that kind of apathy yeah. that's more dangerous to both my reports and me, honestly. So, mm-hmm. you know, that means a little bit it's... more sleepless nights. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I, a part of me wants to joke, eh, hey, you're young, you'll grow out of that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think that that's an appropriate fear to have for for always in a position of authority. But um, well, we got to p- transition here a little bit for time. Tell us a little bit about you, you, you mentioned, you know, the love of road trips or travel at some point. Getting a dog. But what do you do outside <laughs> of work that's not, you know, when, when you're not working? What what, what do you does do, for do, you fun? do to yeah for fun? Oh, I I have a lot of hobbies. I'm the kind of person who will go balls deep into one hobby, get absolutely absorbed in that thing. It consumes my life for the next two weeks, and then I completely forget it existed. Coincidentally, I was diagnosed with ADHD two weeks ago. Who knew? Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a lot of great resources out there for for kind of yeah. like figuring out how to make that work for you. Yeah. yeah, I found an ADHD support group with weekly calls that nobody goes to because they all forgot. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> they all have ADHD. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Wow. But um, to answer okay. the question, I I cook a lot. Um, now more than you know pre-pandemic since I have to actually live with myself and I'm trying not to order out every day dining in is still not allowed in Singapore we can't go to mm -hmm. restaurants so I've gotten really deep into um, trying to reproduce historical recipes sort of like 13th century 14th century what would this empire eat what would a Roman peasant eat and sort of trying to recreate that in a 21st century way because I don't want to eat, you know, heart tech. Um, how do I translate that into modern cooking? That's fun. My boyfriend yeah. loves my experiments most of the time. Um, <laughs> Excellent. That's like something you should be blogging about, you know, all of your recipes. There's a lot of historical chefs out there already. And not, I'm not a particularly good cook. Like, it tastes good, but it doesn't look good. Uh -huh. And that's really what's important. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks yeah. brown. Totally understand? You know? Yeah, food is often brown, not yeah. a very appetizing color of green. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's Nobody not. wants to watch a YouTube channel on how to make brown slop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's someone. I out would there. probably <laughs> subscribe to the brown slop YouTube channel. Well, yeah. um, we need to wrap up for time's sake. But D, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter or on Instagram um, as Tom Yum Sushi, both of which are the foods. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll put Tom that in Yum the show notes. Sushi. Tom Yum Sushi. Cool. That is a great name. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Um, <laughs> Thank you okay. very much for being on the show with us. This was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. Uh, I appreciate you getting up this early as well. It's pretty early. Yeah, that's 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 early in Singapore. 